This is the More Than Right Podcast, an independent view of politics and American culture. I'm your host, Steve Lopez. Hunter Biden, son of President Joe Biden, is nothing if not meticulous when it comes to chronicling his life, the good with the bad, and it's mostly bad. Whether it's his liaisons with prostitutes, his smoking crack and snorting cocaine, or his electronic correspondence with corrupt foreign oligarch business partners, all reside within his infamous Apple laptop computer. The major media has never been all that interested in its contents any more than the FBI, which has had Hunter's laptop in its possession since 2019. They are supposedly investigating possible wrongdoing, or are they covering up for a very connected son of a very prominent American politician? It's recently come to light that an interesting voicemail was saved to the laptop's hard drive, a message from Joe Biden to son Hunter. Quote, Hey pal, it's dad. It's 8.15 on Wednesday night. If you get a chance, just give me a call. Nothing urgent. I just wanted to talk to you. I thought the article released online, it's going to be printed, tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think you're clear. And anyway, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. Unquote. The December 18 New York Times article referenced above concerned Chinese tycoon Yi Jianming, head of the oil company CFC China Energy, a man known to throw large sums of cash at the world's corrupt politicians to buy influence and secure lucrative oil contracts. According to the Times, quote, an aide to Mr. Yi met the vice president's second son, Hunter Biden, in Washington. Mr. Yi then met privately with Hunter Biden at a hotel in Miami in May 2017, according to people with direct knowledge of the meetings who were not authorized to speak publicly because the meetings were private. Mr. Yi proposed a partnership to invest in American infrastructure and energy deals, the people said, unquote. However, the Times later said, quote, It's unclear whether Hunter Biden struck any business deals with CEFC or Mr. Yi. Through his attorney, Hunter Biden declined to comment, unquote. When Joe Biden told Hunter he believed his wayward son was in the clear, it was because the nation's so-called newspaper of record provided the Biden clan plausible deniability by reporting it could not find hard evidence of a business arrangement between Hunter and Yi, a standard they did not apply when the Times falsely claimed President Donald Trump was a spy for Russia. But the article ends with an interesting Biden family anecdote. According to the Times, when in 2017, Yi Lieutenant Patrick Ho was arrested in New York City by the FBI on charges of bribing African officials, the cell phone belonging to James Biden, brother to Joe Biden and uncle and business partner to Hunter, began to ring. It was Ho, seeking the kind of help he obviously thought he so richly deserved from the Bidens that both he and Yi so richly, well, enriched. According to the Times, quote, In a brief interview, James Biden said he had been surprised by Mr. Ho's call. He said he believed it had been meant for Hunter Biden, 
the former vice president's son. James Biden said he had passed on his nephew's contact information. There is nothing else to say, James Biden said. I don't want to be dragged into this anymore. Unquote. Clearly, Hunter and Uncle James knew Ho, and Ho thought that all the money he and Yi rained on the Bidens earned him a get-out-of-jail-free card. He no doubt knew of Hunter's reckless behavior and the links to which Father Joe, the Secret Service, and the FBI would go to protect him. But Ho wasn't so lucky. He was later convicted on seven counts of bribery and money laundering, but only served three years in prison before heading back to China, four months before the New York Post broke the Hunter Biden laptop story, and five months before the 2020 presidential election. Speaking of which, when Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden was asked by Fox News correspondent Peter Ducey the number of times he spoke to his son about his shady foreign business arrangements, old Joe replied, quote, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings, unquote. The recently discovered voicemail is indisputable evidence that old Joe lied. Oh, and whatever happened to Hunter Biden's Chinese business partner Yi Xianming, founder of CEFC China Energy? Well, he was disappeared by the Chinese government on orders from its supreme leader, Xi Jinping. According to Advox, a global network of bloggers and free speech online activists, Yi, quote, first gained notoriety for the rapid expansion of his business empire and his patriotism. Then, he went missing. Soon thereafter, a March 2018 investigative report by a renowned financial and business news outlet revealed that Yi was suspected of committing economic crimes and had been put under investigation. The report was published and censored just hours later, unquote. The report comes from a person associated with the University of Hong Kong, who says Chinese authorities later scrubbed Chinese social media site WeChat of all references to Yi. It also notes that CEFC China Energy, the company founded by Yi, was dissolved and its billions of dollars in assets transferred to a state-owned investment bank. Both Yi and his oil company were disappeared. It seems old Joe was on to something when he left Hunter that voicemail. The same year Hunter's Chinese business partners vanished into thin air, telling his crack-smoking, whoremongering son he was in the clear. The House January 6th Select Committee investigating the Capitol Hill riot that was sparked by irregularities in the 2020 presidential election has entered its final phase. That's to say, its comic phase. A former Trump White House aide to an aide to an assistance aide, Cassidy Hutchinson, delivered testimony the legacy and traditional never-Trump conservative media described as explosive, shocking, and even damning. Hutchinson claims that on the day American democracy almost died, supposedly, 
Trump lunged at Secret Service agents after they refused to drive him to Capitol Hill so he could participate in the January 6 riot. She also says Trump grabbed the steering wheel of the presidential limousine when his driver refused to comply. She admits she didn't actually witness these events, but heard about them from people who heard it from others who heard it from, well, you know. Never Trump Republican committee member, Representative Liz Cheney, descended from her high perch on the dais following the witness's testimony and hugged Hutchinson. This is the goofy hearsay testimony the mainstream media heralded with blaring headlines containing the word bombshell. But then members of the White House Secret Service detail told NBC News that Hutchinson's silly stories are fabrications they'll happily refute if called to testify before the J-6 committee. They shouldn't hold their breath. Their testimony would disrupt the prepackaged Democrat-slash-media narrative, the one they desperately hope will stop the red wave likely to swamp Democrats in the coming midterm elections. Meanwhile, Andrew McCarthy at the conservative Never Trump Journal National Review called Hutchinson's testimony compelling, devastating, and said January 6th was the day, quote, Trump was at his worst, unquote. But even McCarthy admits Hutchinson's testimony has a few problems. Quote, there are significant questions about aspects of her account, particularly where it involved hearsay, things she had been told about the president's actions as opposed to the things she herself witnessed. We have to reserve judgment, even allowing that she seems impressive, because the highly partisan, unapologetically anti-Trump committee merely presents its side of the story and has gone to unseemly lengths to exclude cross-examination and alternative perspectives, unquote. Hearsay, as we all know, is not allowed in courts of law. But the J-6 committee is not a court of law. Squeamish Republicans often reminded us of that fact while investigating the Obama administration's many scandals like the IRS targeting of Tea Party and conservative organizations for extra scrutiny, or the sale of weapons to Mexico's Sinaloa drug cartel in Operation Fast and Furious, or Al-Qaeda's attack on the American consulate in Benghazi, Libya, that resulted in the death of U.S. Ambassador J. Christopher Stevens. No Obama administration functionary was ever charged with a crime or held criminally liable for refusing to comply with subpoenas issued by Republican-controlled congressional committees. But Nancy Pelosi's Democrats aren't so laid back. They've charged former Trump trade advisor Peter Navarro with contempt of Congress for claiming executive privilege and refusing to appear before the J-6 kangaroo court. In fact, he was arrested in an airport by FBI agents, placed in leg irons, and taken in for questioning. Navarro was eventually released. And Trump's Assistant Attorney General, Jeffrey Clark, also held in contempt of Congress, saw federal agents descend on his home in an early morning raid, forcing him to stand in his underwear on his front lawn while agents searched his house. For three hours. They would seize all his electronic devices. Clearly, the J-6 Committee intends to issue criminal referrals against Trump to the same corrupt Justice Department that launched a counterintelligence operation against him in 2016, a probe based on nothing more than manufactured evidence provided by the FBI's paid confidential informant, British spy Christopher Steele. 
you know, the author of the infamous anti-Trump dossier, a dossier paid for by the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. What's likely to happen is Trump's third impeachment trial. The previous two failed. This time, Democrats feel a criminal trial in Democrat-friendly D.C. will provide a more accommodating jury pool. But what the J6 committee has actually done is produce the longest political campaign ad in the history of American politics, a political ad for Donald J. Trump's 2024 run. Democrats have reminded voting Americans of the irascible former president they remember as being quite capable of lunging at bothersome Secret Service agents attempting to steer him in directions he will not go. A man quite capable of breaking through the thick metal, bullet, and bomb-proof barrier separating the presidential limousine's passenger compartment from the driver's steering wheel. A feat requiring the strength of a DC comic book superhero. The man under whose presidency the U.S. economy boomed and America achieved its long-for energy independence. The president who fought the establishments of both political parties that favor illegal immigration and single-handedly strove to secure our southern border with Mexico. That's the real bombshell to come out of the J6 committee hearings. But Democrats and the never-Trump GOP won't know it until the morning of November 6th, 2024. That concludes this edition of the More Than Right podcast. If you wish to make a comment, you can contact the show at morethanrightpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Steve Lopez.